Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. We're in this series talking about giving it away, and our text is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 25. Let's read this together as we, as we begin to hear from the word of the Lord today. Read with me. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? The answer is no. There's nothing more valuable than your soul. Jesus even died for it. And as we've been walking through the series, looking at this, the words of Jesus saying that following him begins with denying ourselves. This series, giving it away. We talked about in week one how we give our lives away through prayer, through just that daily act of just praying without ceasing, giving it away. Week two, we talked about fasting, and if you missed that, again, you, you can go back, and, and uh, all, all these messages, they're online, and the links are there, some great resources on how to fast, whether you've been fasting or this is new to you, some healthy ways of doing it. But today, we're talking about uh, yet another way of giving it away, and it's in our pursuit of God, it's through sharing our faith. Now, as it relates to giving away, sometimes this can be one of the more difficult ones for us. You know, we, we, we can pray and give it away in, in, in those ways. Uh, we, we, we can be very generous in, in, in giving and, and, and following the Lord in that way. But when it comes to sharing our faith and actually kind of throwing it out there, how many of you felt a little bit nervous about that? Or maybe you've had some bad experiences with that. Or you're like, is that even something that we should do? Well, so today, as we go through I want to kind of walk through and give you some confidence, but I thought it would be good just to kind of throw up this data. You know, uh, one of the uh, great organizations that does a lot of research is the Barna Institute. And if your eyes are good enough to see this, as I hope they are, <laughs> if they're not, you can click on the link and you can go right, right to the source. But this is Barna, a wonderful organization that does a lot of data and pulls together a lot of data from some sources. And they had this, which I thought was very insightful for our conversation today about sharing our faith. And they went through and they broke it out by the four generations, of course, the elders, the boomers, uh, the Gen Xers, that's me, and then the millennials. How many millennials are here today? Woo-hoo-hoo! Gen X. Um, so as it walks through, you see a lot of consensus and similarities as it walks through. Like in the top it says, part of my faith means being a witness for Jesus. The answer, overwhelming answer is, well, yes. Uh, the best thing that could ever happen to someone is for them to come to know Jesus. And again, pretty similar, the answer there is, is yes. The third question, when someone raises questions about faith, I know how to respond. Uh, the numbers are dipping a little bit, you know, but still pretty, pretty good all, all the way through. And then we start seeing some separation when we get down towards the bottom of these questions. The question, I am gifted at sharing my faith with people. Uh, again, we, we've got another dip. Millennials are feeling a little more gifted there. And then when we come down to this one question, this is a big question for our, our culture today, and it has been for the past couple of decades. In response to the question, is it wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith? Is it wrong? Uh, almost half of the millennials believe this is wrong. And as you walk down, you see it kind of drifting off where uh, the generations feel less and less this way. And then that last question 
If someone disagrees with you, it means that they're judging you. And now, here, the 40% of millennials said, yes, when they disagree with me, I feel like they're judging me. All the way down to the elders, 11%, they're going, I don't feel. And, that's, that, and probably uh, the elders that I know and grew up with, I would say they don't know, they probably don't even care. <laughs> I don't care if everyone's judging me. And as it relates to judgment, I think it's important to recognize that we're always judging, aren't we? I mean, you're judging me right now. Uh, you're, you made a judgment today in getting up, am I going to come here today? We, we, we make judgments all the time. But sometimes as it relates to this aspect of what should be the most important part of our life, following Jesus, walking with him, my goal is to dispel some of these hurdles to give you confidence as we walk in. So the goal today is to, I hope we recognize that sharing our faith it is an essential part of the believer's life. Do you believe that today? Sharing our faith, it is so important, and it is essential. And that begins with, with my first point today, that sharing your faith, when it comes to sharing our faith, we need to recognize that we are partnering with Jesus. Sharing your faith, this is not a solo event. This is not just you going off maverick on your own, but when you're sharing your faith, you are partnering with, with Jesus. And, and not only that, you are actively, obediently following him uh, in, in, in our walk. After all, Jesus' purpose in coming to earth as a man is stated in Luke 19.10. Let's read this together. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the purpose of Jesus Christ. And it's important to recognize here that there are two parts in this. There's the seeking part, means that, that Jesus actively went out to seek, right? The Bible even says, before we even loved God, he loved us. It's only because he loves us that we can even love him. Jesus actively went out, and his purpose in all of this was to save us. See, this was his mission and continues to be the mission of Jesus. And to this end, Jesus did what only he can do. Only Jesus could give his life. Only Jesus could pay for our sin, our rejection of God. Only Jesus can save somebody. You can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. No matter what, salvation, saving somebody, is not something that we can do. But Jesus, he taught us, but our role is to be used by him. And this is, a, this, this is the, our mission that he gave us, and it's often referred to as the Great Commission. Let's read this Great Commission together today. The Great Commission is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Say that word, obey. Obey. That's a big part of our walk with God. And this is the role, and this is the purpose of every Christian, every committed follower of Jesus. So much so that the evidence of Christ in our life is the obedience to Christ in our life. Are we hearing that today? The evidence of Christ in our life is the obedience to Christ in our life. See, Jesus said this, and he modeled this repeatedly and constantly as he prepared his disciples. That's all of us. It's not just believing. It's not just agreeing, right? Uh, Satan believes in God. Did you know that? <laughs> He's seen it all, and he believes. So it's not just believing, but it's this act of obedience, this act of discipleship. And here's why. This is why obedience is so important, because when Jesus described his discipleship, he compared it to a yoke, 
Jesus said that we are yoked with him in Matthew eleven twenty nine. He said, he said, come on to me, all ye who are heavy, who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. But then he said, take my yoke upon you, right? That's, that's a farming analogy that we don't often see, but it's where you're yoked together with this other ox kind of going through, and it means that wherever they go, you go, that you're walking with them step by step. And he says, but my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Jesus does the heavy lifting. He's done the heavy lifting. We need to be obediently walking after him. And Jesus, he went on to say, if it wasn't clear enough, he said, look, he said that now as you are yoked with him, as you're following him, he's like, you're the salt, you're the light. He didn't say you have salt, he didn't say you have light. He said, no, my presence is in you, and you are the salt, you are the light of the world. And Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians, he said, look, we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal, as it were, through us. The appeal of Jesus, the power of Jesus, his goal, his mission, his methodology is to flow through you. Isn't that amazing? We are changed. As that happens, it changes us. There's no way that you can experience the power of God, the life of God, this flowing of God, and not be changed. Hallelujah. (laughs) That excites me. That excites me. And that's why Paul said in Romans 1.16, he's like, in light of all this, he's like, I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Because why? It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. I think sometimes we fail to, to remember to recognize how powerful this is. This is the almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, the one who made you, who knows you, and sees, sees everything you've done, sees everything that you are, and says, I love you, surrender to me. Let me now recreate you, make you a new creation to restore how I made you to be. And he can do it. But our response needs to be obedience, walking after him. That's why in Matthew 7, 16, Jesus said it this way. He said, you will know them by their fruit, because he's saying, as this happens... There's a fruit that will come from your life. There's an evidence that will come from your life as we are made into disciples. And this act, this is the heartbeat of every faithful follower of Christ. When you experience the Lord, when you walk in this, you're like, how would I not want to make disciples? How would I not want to be alive in what the Lord's called me to do? And this this is so important, and we're so excited about it as here at Shoreline Community Church that we even put discipleship at the core of who we are. And this is our mission statement. We say it all the time, but would you say it again with me? Becoming and making disciples of Jesus as we gather, grow, go. And I'm not going to unpack all of it today, but in that, what we're saying is that discipleship is two-part. Because sometimes people think, you know what, I'm not ready to make a disciple because I'm not perfect yet. You never will be. <laughs> right? When I die and I let go of this body and I'm in the presence of the Lord, then we're made that way. But in this process, I'm becoming. And I don't wait until I'm perfect, until I start making. Otherwise, I will never start doing that. It's like parenting. Every perfect parent, stand up right now. There's none. Some of you were like, I don't know, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, There's no perfect parent, and God didn't wait until Stephanie and I were perfect before he gave us kids. But I tell you what, as we had kids, we have grown so much. We know a lot more, and we're still learning more through every stage. How many would echo, yep, that's true. Because it's that process of doing. Every skill, we learn to do it by starting to to do it, right? You overcome that, that fear. 
So we're becoming, but we're also making, we're teaching along the way. We're showing people how to do it, because as we show, we, we grow stronger. And see, this whole aspect of sharing your faith, it was so important that this last fall, we did a sharing your faith survey. And we had a lot of people respond. Thank you to everybody who responded. And I want just, just to kind of share a few stats from this sharing your, your faith survey. And one of the first questions that we ask is we ask the question, I think sharing Jesus with others is, we give two options, only for pastors, or something that every Christian is called to do. Everybody said, no, this is for everybody. So good job. Good job there. <laughs> it is for everybody. The consensus was clear that everyone felt that way. And the next question was, how do you feel about sharing your faith? And we have two options there. Uh, I am comfortable initiating spiritual conversations with others about Jesus, or I'm really not comfortable doing that. Well, as it relates to this, 57.5% of you said, I feel comfortable doing this. 42.5% said, I'm really not comfortable doing this. So we're saying it's important, but this can be uncomfortable, which I, I agree. I felt uncomfortable. I've made people I've been talking to uncomfortable at times. That next question, uh, for me, sharing Jesus with others is, and again, three options, uh, not that important. Um, that, was, that little small slice in there, if you can see it, is just, is just one, one person, not, not that important. Although I had somebody tell me once that they vote no on everything just to make sure all, all the data is being collected. So <laughs> when I was voting on pastor, they said, pastor, I voted no for you, but just to make sure they're counting my vote, but I'm, I'm behind you. So, and we're friends. So uh, the next section, important but not something that I regularly do. That was 70, 70%. So again, we believe it's important, but there's, there's a bit of a hurdle there. And then 28.7% said it's very important, something I pursue regularly. Next section, based on my experience, again, three options. Based on my experience, sharing Jesus with, with others hasn't gone the way that I thought it would, so I'm pretty skeptical about trying it again. That's 25.3%. Uh, based on my experience, sharing Jesus with others had yielded some great results, and I'm confident about doing this again. Again, 57.3%. And then that last one, uh, sharing Jesus with others is just something I don't do, 17.3%. And then the, the last one I want to pull out from this is, is the, 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 uh, the, the statement, in the, last, in the past year, I have helped lead someone to Jesus. And I was so excited to see this because it revealed that 37.5 of you have led someone to Jesus in the past year. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? And the other 62.5%, as related earlier, this is a group that says, yes, it's important. Yes, it's there, but it's a little uncomfortable, and how do we go through it? So for me, this is very, very encouraging. And here's the thing that, uh, that I think is important to note, that, 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 that for me, there is nothing. I would say there are, there are few things, because it's easy to go, well, everything's the best, right? But i got to tell you, when it comes to sharing my faith, I come from, when I first start doing it, scared, right? In the parking lot, scared. But when I began to share it, when I began to talk about it, this ignited my walk with God. I mean, this, this put a fire in me. Now, I grew up in a church, serving the Lord. As a little kid, I ran to the altar every week, gave my life to Christ for stealing cookies and other stuff I shouldn't have been doing. But just walking it through, came up in this. But when I came to the point of just this, and I laid hold of the Great Commission of just sharing my faith, I mean, this put a fire in me that is just, it's something that I really can't even put accurate words to. 
And, but, you know, but there are areas that, you know, for, for me, that excitement, you know, there's, there's areas where it may be easier. Like there's the areas of our family. We kind of start close, right? We, we, we share our faith with those in our family. Uh, we share our faith with those that are here at church. We get up, you know, I'm sharing my faith with all of you today. And we're sharing it. But then we start branching out to where on the bus, right? When I was going back and forth to the coffee house on the bus, I would walk on the bus saying, Jesus, give me someone to share my faith with. And I, go, I, I would go to the back of the bus. People in the front, they got their headphones in and they're just wanting to get to work. People in the back, they're just kind of hanging out and who knows what's going to happen. I'd go with that crowd. <laughs> and I stood out. <laughs> so conversations were easy. What are you doing back here? And as I began to do that, man, it just lit me up. As I began to walk down the street and just sharing my faith, trying to find those things. But in the beginning, again, this wasn't comfortable for me. And it was even, even a little scary at times. And Stephanie will tell you because I tell Stephanie everything. You know, I, you know it's, it's hard to, to keep stuff in. <laughs> and I would call her and say, babe, I'm out doing this and, and I'm walking it through and here's what's going on in my heart and my mind. And she'll tell you in the beginning it was kind of scary. And then I'd go in and I'd, and I'd share it. I'd have this conversation with somebody and I'd come back and I would just be just so filled with the peace and the power of God in doing this. And here's what helped me. One of the biggest things that helped me in this, and I can't share everything today because there's a lot going on, but one of the biggest things that helped me is often, was often referred to as the DTW. You know what DTW stands for? Define the win. You've got to define the win. Because for a lot of people, and especially for me, I'm an 80s kid that grew up in the 80s, right? One of the great decades. Grew up in the 80s. When evangelism or sharing your faith was talked about, everything came down to sealing the deal. And I'd walk away from it, no offense if you're a car salesman, but I feel like I was trying to sell a used car. And if I didn't get the right sales record, the, the right whatever, then I was a failure. And so I'd feel a lot of pressure. And I think sometimes feel that pressure because they're like, I don't want to coerce anybody, right? I don't want to, I don't want to just talk them into it, and, and I don't want to just kind of scare them into it because scare tactics, you know, fear will wear off after a while, won't it, right? That's not our approach. That's not the biblical approach is, is just to try to coerce and scare somebody. But what helped me a lot is when it came to defining the win, it came down to not trying to seal the deal, but it came to walking obediently and just saying, Lord, the win for me today looks like help me to share, some, share with somebody today. Help me to share who you are with somebody today. Open my eyes. As I walk through my day, Lord, show me where, where there's an open door. Show me, is there a seeker here today? Show me, is there something? Who can, I can be praying for? You know, people in my family, help me not to lose hope praying for that person that I've been praying now for decades. And, and, and when I talk to them about it, they just get angry and say, don't talk to me about that garbage. Lord, help me not to lose heart. That the win is in showing up. And, but the challenge isn't just showing up, is that you hit enough failures, you hit enough challenges, nobody just wants to keep failing all the time, right? You keep failing at something, you're like, I guess this is not me, I guess, you know, I guess this is not my spiritual gift, right? This is something only other people do. Pastor Dwayne goes to the back of the bus, but those people scare me. <laughs> we don't want to fail. We don't want to keep hitting a brick wall. We don't want to keep hitting our head against something and failing. This is when I came across something that really opened my eyes and really helped me. And it's called the Engel Scale. And maybe you're familiar with this, okay? And, and this really helped me because the, the, the whole goal of this, 
okay? This is not a class that we're laying out where class one is this and then step two is this. This is not meant to be a, a sequential thing where step by step we bring people to. As much as it is to illustrate, here are all the potential steps that somebody can go through. This was uh, created by Professor Engel out of Wheaton, Wheaton College and laying this out for that hope of showing us and when you look at this, that the walk, the steps towards Christ often begin with some awareness of God. Now, some of you, you may have been around it. Maybe your parents are Christians or you have a grandmother who just poured into you. And so there's always been an awareness of God. And then that comes into contact with Christians. Things, things, and that can be good or bad. All right? So there's some hurdles there going through. But as we walk through that contact with Christians, there's an interest in Jesus Christ stirring it. Uh, we, we decide, you know, I need to investigate this a little bit more. And then that moves on to grasping the truth about Jesus. And we begin to understand the implication of this that ultimately goes to an acceptance of the Christian truth. An acceptance of the implications. To step 10 where it's a decision to surrender Jesus Christ. Now, I've been with people where all these have happened like that. And I've, been, and I've been sharing with people for literally all my life, once I got out of high school at least, that there, there's an awareness of God, but they're, they're kind of stuck there. They're like, I don't even know if God's real. So again, some of these things can happen quickly. Some of these can, t- can happen over time. But then as it goes on to where we get those discipleship things after, here's, here's the big takeaway for me. The big takeaway for me is that in all, all these steps, God has someone there. God has someone pouring into their life. And that my goal is not to show up and go, okay, you're ready to give your life to Christ today. Now, I always offer it. But my goal is that God may be bringing, you know that I've been brought into people's life where there's some awareness of God, and I'm kind of helping to explain that. Or sometimes I've been, they've had contact with Christians and they have questions, you know, why do some Christians say some bad things and some things don't? And I talk about, well, it's a process. None of us are perfect. We're kind of walking through. We're all kind of growing together and some have hurts, habits, and hangups we're working through. But the, the beauty of Jesus is as we surrender that to him, he helps us walk in that. And here's what that means. And they go, oh, that's what that means. And then they start moving on to the, to the next steps. But what that means is that my responsibility is to show up and say, God, wherever this person is today, Reveal to me by your Holy Spirit. Let me be obedient. Now, if I get to lead them in, in following Jesus, hallelujah. But I would say the bulk of what I've done have been in those previous steps. Because here's the thing. Maybe the, the Holy Spirit brings me in to bring some awareness of God to people. And then he brings Marianne to kind of go, you know, contact with Christians and what that means and how it walks through. And then he brings in Bob for the next steps. And he's got all this through going through. And there's a timing thing because, again, this can happen like this. Or it can take time. Is the Lord in a hurry? No. There's even a scripture that says, you know, don't misjudge. God is not slow as some think slow, but there's grace and mercy because he doesn't want anybody to perish. He's walking with you. And your role is not always to come in and say, I'm going to seal the deal, though I give opportunity, but your role is to go in and to talk to that person and to listen to that person and be gracious and as they have questions, wherever they are, helping them in their journey because God saves them, but my role is to come up and to be obedient in the process. That's why defining the win for me is in the statement that we say a lot here, that it's a, it's a redefinition of obedience. It's the definition that Jesus gave us, that obedience is success. 
Obedience to success. A lot of times we'll say, well, success is if someone does what I want, or success is this, or success is all these metrics. But as it relates to a follower, a believer of Christ, success is simply obeying Jesus. That's why the, the word says, to obey is better than a sacrifice. It's following obediently after Jesus. And we say this a lot, so it's worth unpacking a little bit. And the reason why, why we say that obedience is success is because the culture around us says a lot of other different things, doesn't it? The culture will, will, around you will say that, that you are found successful by just being true to yourself, by looking inward, by just being yourself. Or success means that, you know, I, I feel happy all the time. Or success means I have people around me that agree with me all the time. Or success means that I have money or opportunity or I have these friends that agree with me. Now, I would like to be happy all the time. <laughs> I would like to have some of those things that are out there, but the Bible doesn't define it that way. And James even says, count it all joy when you go through trials and tribulations. Knows that these things, they're bringing perseverance, they're strengthening you. And the Bible tells me that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I don't need to be true to my sinful self. That gets me in trouble every time. I need to be filled with the power of God, being restored. We're all made in the image of God, surrendering so that now he can shape me, he can craft me, he can pull out all those giftings that he's given me to be a part of the body of Christ, to be on mission with him. But I don't need to be saying, what does Dwayne think today? I need to say, Jesus, what would you speak to me today? Because I am flawed on my own. Every time someone says, Pastor Dwayne, that was good today, my response is often, well, if, if it was good, it was God. If it was bad, it was just me. That's true, isn't it? The only good I have is Jesus alive in me. Even the person that came to Jesus and said, well, teacher, then who is good? He said, no one's good except God. But his desire is to be in you, to be alive in you. That's why true success, the kind that Jesus said in John 6, that cannot be taken away, is only found in giving our lives and denying ourselves to Jesus and to take up our cross and follow him. This is the success that we're called for. And there's no life like it. In John 10, 10, it says, as we do this, then we find this life to the full. That is not contingent on what people think about me because that changes. Some of you didn't like me when you first met me, and now you're starting to like me a little bit. <laughs> or some of you liked me when you first met me, and you went, I don't know anymore. Because our feelings go up and down, don't they? Stephanie had those, all those feelings about me. But we surrendered our life, we surrendered our marriage to Christ, and he built something strong through Jesus. And this all comes back to sharing our faith as it relates to this. We find success in sharing our faith by being obedient to Jesus. And this whole angle scale that I put up earlier, again, it's not, a, it's not step one, step two, step three. This, this is not a 20-step process. This recognizes that in all these steps where people are, the Lord is working, he's moving, and he's using all of us. And if you showed up full of the Holy Spirit, sharing the love of, of Christ, whatever happened, whether they received or they walked away sad like the rich young really did to Jesus, okay, Jesus shared perfectly, and people still walked away. Was Jesus successful? Yeah. Yes, he was. He is. We need to be obedient in loving and sharing. Because see, as we look at these, it's important to also recognize that there are three roles at play here. There are three roles at play in every 
time that we share our faith. There's God's role, there's my role, and there's the receiver's role. Every time you share, there are three roles at play. See, there's God's role that we talked about already. God, he's working, he's moving in the hearts of the believer. Before you did anything, God's, these, these are all his children. He's moving because in 2 Peter it says that he would wish that none would perish, but all should repentance. In John 6, he says that God is working, drawing him, because in John 6 it says, no one can come to, to me, to the Father, unless the Father who sent me draws to them. And as, but as we step out, it's God's role. He's strengthening us. He's equipping us. He's speaking to us. He's showing us. So that's God's role. And then there's my role. My role is that I would pray. I would pray, God, give me opportunity today. God, empower me by the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says this, that you will receive power, that dunamis power, when the Holy Spirit comes up on you. Why? To be my witnesses. To be my witness, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, that's right here. In Judea, it's a little bit further. To Samaria and to the ends of the world. And it's worth noting that Samaria was the place they didn't want to go to. They didn't like those people. They were against those people. They, they even hated those people. They thought they were traitors. So Acts 1.8, you'll receive power by the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses to the people you like, the people you love, the people you think are traitors, and everybody in the world. So my role, Holy Spirit, empower me to be a witness. Fill me, Lord. Pray that God will show me what to say. 1 Corinthians 2.5, it says, Paul says this, he says, my message and my preaching were very plain. Now, when I see that, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Because a lot of times we, we don't share because we're like, well, I didn't go to Bible college or I didn't go to seminary or, you know, I haven't, I haven't memorized all this stuff. Paul said, look, my preaching was plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul could be persuasive. But he came in and he said, I made it very plain, and I did all this so that they wouldn't be trusting in me, but they'd be trusting in the power of God. You just need to show up. Before the Holy Spirit, show up. Be plain. Don't be complicated. Show up. Ask questions. Some of the greatest encounters I've had is when I've just got on the bus, or I've walked down the street, or I've talked to somebody, and I've, and I've, and I've started having a conversation. I've noticed something that I liked about them, you know, their shoes or whatever, and then I began to have conversations and, and caring. And that would move to, you know, tell, tell me about, about, about your faith. And it's amazing as I have those conversations, there's always some kind of faith or belief thing that often comes up in that moment. It's, it's, it's a work of the Lord. And the Lord opens a door, and I just kind of walk through that door. Tell me what you believe. Why do you believe that? What do you think about that? And, as we, and that often goes to, where did we come from? Well, where do you think we, we, we came from? These are amazing conversations. And often that goes to, well, you know, do you think this life is all there is? This is a progressive conversation as we start having these things. All I'm doing is asking questions. Often begins with the compliment going in, and I, and I, I genuinely am. I, I, I don't say I like stuff that's stupid, right? I saw somebody had really cool sneakers on there. Man, those are great Nikes. And the whole thing just went boom, 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 boom. Do you know why it went like this? Because God was already moving in his heart. God was already moving in his life. I've shared before, I sat next to one guy on the bus, and, I, and as, as I opened my mouth again, talked to me, he said, who are you, what, what do you do? I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, I'm a barista and I'm a pastor. He said, you're the seventh, pa or whatever, how many? He said, you're the seventh pastor that sat down next to me this week. <laughs> he had a little bit of shake in him. 
And I said, so what do you think God's trying to do in your life? <laughs> Got off of the Pike Place, gave his life to Christ. He said, I'm getting ready to go do a drug deal. What should I do? That's why I'm here today. And he began to unfold everything. All of that, I share that because none of that was me. God had been sending people. God had been teeing him up. God had been setting him up. Showing, revealing to where he was at the point, what's happening here. Now that may sound a little bit dramatic, but it's really not. That, that's how God works. I've seen God do that work in my family's life, in relatives' lives. To where these, my role is to be obedient. Now, that first person, I wish I could call them and say, I got to tell you what happened. You were the first person that stepped out obediently of seven of us who walked out there. That first person doesn't know. They've got to trust and confidence believing that he probably had a hard conversation with that first person. He may have said, I don't like pastors. He may have said, they're all jerks, they're all idiots, they're all whatever. But he stepped out. Then number two shows up. Then number three shows up. And he's like, wait a minute. God may be calling you to be that first person that has to embrace that. And then number two is embracing that. And then number three. And you're, you're, you're just loving the person. You're, you're just sharing. That's why Colossians, it says, live wisely among those who are not believers. and Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious. Hear that? And attractive. These are gracious, attractive, non-coercive because I don't feel any pressure to seal a deal. I'm walking in obedience. God opens the door. I'm walking through. I'm like, man, that, that's a great door. And the more you do it, the more you see it. This is our role. The, the, the third person in that, as they're receiving it, their only job is to receive it. You're stirring things. You're stirring that imago Dei, that image of God in that person. You're stirring things up. You're asking questions going through. So if you're that gardener that has to deal with all the rocks and pulling stuff out to bless somebody down the road where it's just fertile soil, pick those rocks up. <laughs> do that hard work, whatever God has given you to do. And when you hit the fertile soil, say, oh, God, thank you. <laughs> I'm, getting to, I'm getting to see this. See, my role in all of this is not to seal the deal. My role is to give away my life to God. My role is to give away my life to God. You know, missionaries excel at this. It made me think of the quote by the great missionary Jim Elliott. Read this quote with me from Jim Elliott. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Isn't that powerful? He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what they cannot lose. See, Jesus shared at different moments. He celebrated with people. And as he was celebrating, he shared who he was. When he was dying, persecuted on the cross, even then he, looked, he gave them opportunity. Those that were on either side of him, he gave them opportunity. And the one who received, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. When he was doing business, when he was traveling, going out of his way, going the other side of the river to go over to Samaria to meet the woman at the well, who then she received, and then she went back, brought everybody out. That's a powerful message. When others were in difficult circumstances, he rescued them. When he was in storms, he was sharing. Everything was an opportunity. Everything was an opportunity to share. He was leading the way. The power in this is amazing. 
as the worship team comes today, one last quote, because boy, as you know, uh, one, one, one of my favorite things to study and to read is, is about people who share and they give their life. And the great D.L. Moody said this. He said, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. By God's aim, by God's help, I aim to be that man. My invitation to you is to put your name in there. The world has yet to see what God would do with a Beth fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that. Would you just pray that? This was a prayer D.L. Moody offered. And it was offered by a wonderful teacher, preacher before him. But just pray this. Lord, the world has yet to see what God can do with a Dwayne fully consecrated to him. With God's help, I aim to be that person. You know, our response today, because this is our goal, this is our heart, and we are in an amazing mission field. The opportunity is great, and I'll tell you this, if you've not been out there doing it, the field is rich. People love having spiritual conversations. Now, the reactions are over the place. One may be, it may be a first step, or, oh, you're one of those, and they walk away. But you, you, you keep working it. I found that the Seattle freeze, it's not as frozen as you think. <laughs> because God stirs, God can melt the heart. Uh, you should have gotten this card that you came in. This is just a, a, a response card. And if, and if you didn't get one, would you raise your hand? We're going to have some people that are going to help hand these out right now. Well, just raise your hand. And I want you to, to take this. We've got a couple hands here. Thank you, Marlon. Marlon and Krista, they're on, on their way. And Jim. Yeah, just kind of hold your hand up. They're, they're going to give this to you. And on this, at the very top, it has your, has, uh, we want you to put your name and put your phone or your email, however we can be following up with you, contacting you. Because I want you to put your name on this today. This is so important. And down below, it's a simple question. Who is God calling me to share my faith with? And I want you to think about three people. Got a couple of hands back here, Jim. On your right, looking back. Mike needs one. But I want you to think about who are three people? Now, yes, God's calling you. Who's God calling you to reach? Everybody, right? Throw seed out. But who are people that are in your path? Family. Your barista. Your hairdresser. My hairdresser doesn't have much to do, so we don't talk very much. In and out. <laughs> Who are the people in your life? A teacher. A student. I want you to write those names down. Write in your name. Then write down, who are three people that I'm going to be intentionally praying for? Maybe it's somebody you don't even know their name. You're like, I see this person when I walk by them every day. They're always there. It could, it could be somebody who's, every, you know, they're on, on the street asking for money or just people that you just see, they're just hanging out. The places where you go, yep, Bob's always there. Sarah's always there, whoever. Or that person. 
that person on 185th, whatever it may be. I want you to write those down. Just take a moment. Because, Lord, we are engaging in your mission right now. We are engaging in the heart of God, the very heartbeat, and the heartbeat that you've called all of us to engage in. So, Lord, as we are writing down three names, Father, we're, we're writing down three souls. We're writing down three children of God that need to be readopted, that they're not following you right now, they're not walking with you right now. There's, for a variety of reasons, some we see and some we don't. But Lord, you've called us to be obedient. So Holy Spirit, put those three names. Give us the courage and the confidence to write these names down. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for opportunity. We pray for openness. We pray for an invitation. We pray that you would flow through us. That we wouldn't lose heart doing your will. That we wouldn't give up. God, we'd have that missionary heart. Lord, the, the missionaries of old that spent their entire life just tilling hard soul, hard soil in parts of the world. Giving their life for you. I think of missionaries that their whole life didn't see anyone give their life to Christ. But because they were willing to go in, those that followed them reaped a harvest of salvation. God, may we be willing to do that in some situations. Use us, Lord. And here's the second part to that. As you write that out and put those names down, I invite you to take your phone and take a picture of it. The picture's for you, so that you have it. I take picture of important things. My kids, my wife, my dog, you. and things like this. And then as a team sings, I'm gonna invite us to stand here in a moment, I want, you to I want you to walk out. I want you to step out, because one, we're called to be examples to each other, and there's, there's, there's something about kind of like walking from here to there that just freaks people out. But can I tell you, you're in a safe place. We love you. <laughs> Don't be freaked out, because here's the thing, when you do this, you're telling everybody around you, I got three people. I'm praying for those people today. And when people see you, they're saying, man, I'm praying for Mike as he comes forward today. I'm praying for those people in his life. And by coming up, you're just doing a good example, and you're laying it down and saying, man, it's there. Because here's what we're going to do. Take a picture. If you don't want to take a picture, take another card and fill out another one. But then what we're going to do at, at the end of this, I want us to see these cards that represent souls that God, that God loves, that his heart is breaking for, that Jesus suffered and died for. And we're committing it. There's something about committing it to paper. All the important things in your life, you put to paper. I got a piece of paper. It's called our wedding license that I hang on our wall. And every time I walk out, I see it, and it reminds me. I got a driver's license. All these things, we commit to paper. They're important. Let's commit that to paper. So as the team leads, I want you to get up and walk forward. And then don't leave just yet, because I'm going to have us, as people respond, 
I want to pray for these names. And then we're going to collect them up afterwards. We're going to put them in a box, and we're going to be praying over these. And what I want you to do is that as the Lord gives you opportunity, as the Lord moves in your life, as the Lord brings things up, share it. Now, share it appropriately. Some things are just between you and the person. But share in your group. Share with somebody else. Share with someone you're praying with. Share with your, share with your prayer partner. Remember those prayer partners? Say, man, you know what? I think today's the day. I'm going to go meet that person, and I'm praying that the Lord will help me. If you want to have resources on how to do this, if you go on that church center app and you go to the bottom, I've got a couple of resources there for you. One, it follows through just a step-by-step, multiple ways to do it, how to have a conversation, how to ask those conversations. It's by crew. It used to be called Camp, uh, Campus Crew Crusade for Christ, Bill Bright. Amazing resources. And they've got just a plethora of ways. There's also an app, Sharing Your Faith app, where you can walk through. And there's one app, for those of you that are tech-savvy enough, it's got a thing where you can share the screen with the person, and you can kind of do it, do it together. Pick something. Do something. Take some step, and then share, and then pray about it. Amen? Amen. Are you excited? You ready? Let's all stand together. Father, we thank you. God, that you would be mindful of us, that you would invite us to share in this. And so, Lord, now as we respond, as we bring these cards forward and lay them down, these are your children. These are souls that you made to be reunited to you. Use us, I pray. Give us the courage to step out and engage in your name. And everyone said together, amen. Let's step out today. As you have those cards, come up and just lay them on the steps right here as the team leads us in a song. Father, I thank you, Lord for the body of Christ that is obediently walking, chasing you, following you. And Lord, I know for some of these people, Lord, it, it, it was scary. It's a step of faith. It's stepping out. But Father, we want to be changed. We want to be transformed. You've come to give us power. You've come to give us boldness. You've come to equip us. And Lord, I, Lord, I, I just know that as we do this, some of us, we're going to be walking in gifts we didn't even know we had. We're going to be saying things that we didn't even know that we knew. We're going to be experienced people that came to Jesus that were like, I never thought they'd come to Jesus because it's your work. It's your salvation power. So, Lord, help us to walk in confidence knowing that you're the one who saves. You're the one that's stirring. You're the one that's calling. And we get to be a part of this. We get to step out. We get to be a part of your plan of seeking and saving the lost because someone did that to me. Lord, I know there are hundreds of people pouring into my life. So, Lord, help us to see this. May we be one of them pouring in. So, Lord, give us wisdom. Help us not to lose heart. Lord, help us not to be pushed back by resistance. There's going to be, for some of these, resistance. But, Lord, show us how to love. Show us how to lead in the ways that you've done. And, God, I'm praying for it's a great harvest, a great outpouring of your spirit. That's your will. That's the prophecy throughout Scripture that in the last days there will be this mighty outpouring of your spirit on all flesh. So, Lord, we want to be a part of that. Use us, we pray. Use us, we pray. Touch these names. Touch these opportunities. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Are you excited today? Man, this is exciting to me. This is exciting to me. And, again, let me encourage you, don't lose heart. Man, click on those links. They are, I looked at them and I was like, my goodness, a lot was poured into this. Ways to share, ways to think, ways to pray. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Let's now go. This is our benediction as we walk from this place, empowered disciples, missionaries for Jesus. Let's say this together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now go and live for Jesus.